Well, hey there, welcome back to the show. This is part two of the interview with Stacy Rasky, the Empowered Overthinker. If you did not catch part one, you've got to go back and listen to that. That's episode 42. There was so much content that I decided to break it out into two episodes so that you could actually take notes and sit with it for a bit. It's a lot to absorb, you guys, and I guarantee you, you're going to get a breakthrough. So let's jump in right where we left off in part one of the interview. This is Stacy Rasky, the Empowered Overthinker. You're listening to Living a Limitless Life podcast. I'm your host, Sharon Hughes. On this show, we cover mastering your mindset, growing your faith, and becoming the leader you want to be. Every week, I bring you candid conversations featuring world-class thought leaders, change makers, and hope dealers, as well as strategies and trainings to help you get where you want to go in life. I'm really glad you're here. So come on, let's do this. Dale Carnegie of Orange County is proud to sponsor Living a Limitless Life. Dale Carnegie is a global training company focused on leadership presentation, team engagement, customer service, and sales. We help people take command of their work in order to change their lives. Yeah, the emotional roller coaster we are all on. We are also on it. (laughs) So I'm writing, like you can see, I have like pages of notes. You can see it. Um, okay, so 2018, you you launched. Is that when your is that when you came up with the idea for your book? Um, well, at the late late 2018. So okay. I was, it, and I will say, and I own this. I own this in all my content that everything in my business blew up when I decided to start investing in coaches again for mm. my business. Because I took a break for a while and I really floundered in that mid space where I was not maximizing my potential and not maximizing my message, which is doing a disservice to my audience and to those mm-hmm. who I can help by me playing small. Mm-hmm. So I, I leaned into the discomfort and, and it was a hefty five figure, multi five figure price tag that I was like, what? <laughs> but I was all in. And, and that allowed just that engaging in the, the energy of allowing that shift to take place, just open the floodgates to income and opportunity coming in right away. You know, it was the first time I was like saying, all right, see a scarcity mindset, because that was a big one for me growing up with a scarcity of money, scarcity of love, scarcity mm-hmm. of stability, mm-hmm. action, mm-hmm. health, like all of that. So mm-hmm. leaned in, went for the, went for working with the business coach and about a month, month and a half in, she had an event. She took everybody through this visualization of stepping into full authenticity and completely living your purpose. Like mm-hmm. you are doing it. You are serving at the highest level and just allowing the vision to unfold. And it was so funny because it was super random. It's like mm-hmm. mid-October 2018. And my vision is I'm walking off a stage at a speaking event, go to the back of the room. Some woman walks up to me, bawling her eyes out and gives me a hug and is like, thank you so much for writing your book. It changed my life. Wow. <laughs> I was like, 
what book? (laughs) (laughs) What book? I don't know. What is this? Everything again, you know, God, the universe, whatever the the nomenclature is that resonates for you, everything laid out perfectly in that moment. Because at that event was the woman who connected me with then the woman a little bit like a month later who would be my writing coach and my editor. Mm. Perfect. Everything played out exactly as it needed to because I was open to receive. And February, I started writing my book. It was done three and a half months later, and it was launched within from from starting working with my writing coach to launch day was five months, and it was number one bestseller, number one new release. It was of this year of 2019. Yeah, Yeah, this is all 2019. Yeah, February of 2019, I started writing. Wow. Okay, so launched. (laughs) So we're recording September 13th, 2019. This is going to drop in January. Because we're, I'm going to do the series of empowering women. So girls that are listening to this, she started writing in February. Five months later, she has a bestseller. Mm-hmm. Anything is so possible. Oh, yeah. Your goals are not as far away as they seem. I always show my before pictures mm-hmm. because at the end of 2014, I looked very different. And it was everything. It wasn't just my body. It wasn't just the weight. It was the health. It was the mindset. It was the emotional baggage. It was Mm -hmm. my marriage, my career or not career at the time. Everything in only five years. Like that is a short time. It is. And the, it's just gotten exponentially more rapid. The manifestation process, (laughs) the more that I lean into this. Wow. Okay. So let's talk more about your book. So if anybody's listening that has a little person in the room and you don't want to hear, it's not that bad of a word. They probably heard it at school. I hate to say this, but my kids come home and go, mom, I hear so much at school. You wouldn't even believe it. It'd make grandma roll over in her grave. But (laughs) Stacy, what's the title of your book? The title of the book is Be a Boss and Fire That Bitch. Quiet your inner critic and finally believe you're good enough. Mm. Did you soul search for that or did that title just like, just come right at you one night? Oh yeah, that was like a laser. Before I even knew what I was writing about, I knew that was the title and I was writing about the inner critic because that was really my overthinking was from this Mm -hmm. critical, I mean, very abusive you know, in a sense, thinking about the trauma that I grew up with, you know, it was still my voice, but you know, it was just bad. It was terrible. It was so terrible. You know, it kept me in that place of doubt and insecurity and fear and scarcity and just trapped, mm-hmm. trapped in mind jail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mind jail. Oh my goodness. You know, it's funny that you said that because two years ago, I spoke at a speaker's event where everybody that came had to have a five-minute talk ready to give, and I had something very safe prepared. But when I got there, I knew that I was supposed to share part of my story and the strategies I used to get well and heal and all that. I knew two years ago the name of the book, but didn't know what I would write. So it's so interesting that that was the same for you. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah, it was. I mean, even what ended up becoming my aligned abundance process, you know, is a really pretty name and it fits it's so perfectly fitting to what I basically that same thing is here's my step-by-step strategies on how I, I mean, yes, it's my trauma recovery journey. It's my mm-hmm. entrepreneurship journey. It's the reviving my marriage journey, like mm-hmm. all the things, everything that I share in this book are the same strategies that I use that I have changed everything. That's so good. Pressing that root limiting belief and that foundational piece. And so originally it was like, oh yeah, I'm talking about my foundational five R's for success. And I'm like, that doesn't sound super pretty. Yeah. You know, and I already had my empowered overthinker method for just getting unstuck quickly. And I'm like, no, I need to put that in there too. So no, it's so good. I can't wait to dive into it and look at all the principles that you share because I know, I know what you're doing not only already has gotten breakthroughs for people, but the people that are listening to this, they, they need to go on your site. Everything's going to be linked below. You need to get on her newsletter list. You need to join her, her free Facebook group where you can interact with her and you probably need to hire her and take her course. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. Well, everything that's in my book too is the, the core foundation pieces to everything like all my, my, my programs too. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I really like what you said about the scarcity, how you so lasered in and you saw that it was scarcity from your childhood of love, of having enough, of having stability, of all those things. Because right now, it's kind of a, a big click in social media. Everybody's talking about financial abundance and scarcity mindset, but they're not talking so much about where does that truly come from and what are the other layers that go with it? Yes, absolutely. And that is the biggest thing. This is why I call myself an abundance coach Mm -hmm. because we're getting into the root scarcity, eliminating the root scarcity because, you know, we see it, we see it in our life. We see it in our business today. We can say, okay, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough money to do that. I don't have enough clients coming in. Mm -hmm. I don't know what to do that next. I'm not techie. I'm not certified enough. I'm not credential enough, experienced enough. Why would, you know, somebody hire me when they can hire somebody better? And all of these are the, you know, I'm not enough. And that's the root scarcity that we must heal in order to allow abundance in every aspect of our life and business is the I am enough. Mm -hmm. Until that is addressed where you fill your cup you work on that relationship with yourself because that's the only place your enoughness will come from saying i love myself i like myself i'm pretty freaking amazing you know i respect myself until we do that all the rest of it's just fodder you know, mm. not, that's the missing piece. And as the high achiever with the boundary issues, we've got walls out the wazoo to protect ourselves because we grew up with trauma or rejection or fear or whatever it is, or, you know, poor coping skills with the emotions and things that happened. So the walls go up and that blocks us from being open to receive the abundance that we're working for. You know, and that's the core of the work that I do with people is not only healing that relationship with yourself so you finally believe you're good enough, but then 
no longer being a blocker to what you want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, with the walls, we're saying, ooh, I'm not worthy or deserving of that. So we're like, nope, not letting it in, not letting in the love and connection from our spouse that we're craving. But yet mm-hmm. we are still the ones rejecting it mm-hmm. because we have expectation or something like that. Like, let's, you can only love me this way. It's the only way I'll accept it. Mm-hmm. And yet, you know, it's coming in. We're just blocking it. Mm-hmm. And we block it out all the time. This is so good. So we're just gonna we're just gonna go a little deeper here for for the gals that are listening. And and guys, if you're listening, it's not like because this is a woman's conversation that you're exempt from it. And this could totally relate to your spouse, your girlfriend, your daughter, your niece. Like you guys need to take these words of wisdom and put them in your pocket so that you can help the women in your life that you love, right? Amen to that. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Stacy, now that you are so far on the other side of this, do you ever have those moments where you feel, I know you're going to know what I'm talking about. It's so hard to put into words. The pull of the past that tries to go, come on, come on. Are, we, are you really doing this? Don't you want to just take a nice little trip back 20 years and just sit there for a while with your pile of poo? <laughs> Of course, of course. I talk about this all the time that going through this process, it's interesting because, you know, like we always say, you're peeling back the layers of the onion and to allow a more real, raw, authentic version of you to the surface, you're experiencing things like the first time ever. Mm -hmm. So it's not surprising that we're still going to be triggered we're still going to have some emotions that are that are old being brought into the present mm-hmm. and you know maybe respond accordingly and go down a sabotage cycle or something like that it still happens to me especially the big one that i just went through was around the book you know getting that book out i feared so much rejection mm-hmm. not from my audience but from the people i wrote about in my book my husband my parents And again, that story of don't shine too brightly. And here I'm putting out a book. Right, (laughs) right. I had to go through some massive sabotage cycles and learning. So the key that I'm always telling people is we're not working to avoid sabotage and avoid the emotions and avoid being triggered. It's still going to happen. The key is working through the cycle faster and getting back on track. So maybe you get triggered and you're back on track in a few minutes or an hour instead of being derailed for the entire day or a week or a month at a time. I mean, I had low periods that lasted years Mm -hmm. of my life, you know, so now things happen and I'm no longer victim to my thoughts and feelings. Mm-hmm. You know, I can observe them, you know, I have tools that if I really get triggered, like, oh, okay, what's happening here? The negative thoughts and emotions and the sabotage or whatever the response is, is simply a messenger that something just needs addressed. Something needs some attention to say, oh, hey, okay, you can learn a lesson here. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so good. And that's how we so get trapped in the past. 
because it's being regurgitated for two reasons. One, to learn to let go of the emotional attachment, but two, learn the lessons. Mm-hmm. Once you learn those lessons, one of my favorite mentors, uh, Kirk Duncan from Three Key Elements, he was like, once you learn those lessons, then your past has value. And then it completely changes your relationship with your past. Because when we stay in that victim place, there's no value to it. We're just hurt and emotional. Right. We're staying in that wounded child's perspective. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden now I, I can disconnect the emotional attachment, even though these things happen. But I can say, wow, look at what I learned from that. Mm-hmm. You know, and even though I've had such a crazy story, you know, my life journey, you know, only being 41 and then having had so much happen, I wouldn't change any of it because I love who I am now. And Mm. it wouldn't be the same if any of it was different. Yeah. Well, those lessons. I have to say watching you, like you glow. (laughs) You can tell that you are so okay with who you are and what you've been through. Mm-hmm. And that you totally embrace it and you're paying it forward. You're, you know, all the, all the good lessons that you've learned, you're paying forward. Thank you. I do. I, I you know, I feel like, and, and I've, I've met people who had way crazier stuff happen, but I feel like it's to take a story as interesting <laughs> and unconventional as mine was in such a short period of time to have so many big things happen, it would be a disservice to those experiences to not share them Mm. because these experiences were not just about me and my life. They were about being able to come on and do amazing things like chat with you and get on stages and, you know, share my book Mm -hmm. and and allow these stories to help empower and educate and transform others. That's so good. Okay. Hard question. (laughs) Did, did you ever experience dark night of the soul? Mm, many times. Isn't that just like the worst place to be? (laughs) Many times. I mean, I remember the first time I think that I actually prayed to not wake up the next day and I was only 13. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I wrote interesting poetry that always concerned my mother. (laughs) You know, she's like, are you okay? Which that was not necessarily what I was leaning to in at that time. But yeah, I remember those really dark moments where it was very, you know, I mean, it's funny because there was never like suicidal per se in the sense of like following through. Although I even shared in my book, my, my battles with self harm, you know, even as early as high school was cutting and, and you know, physical abuse of myself. And that played out again later in life. But just feeling, again, that self-hatred where it's like, why am I here? What, what is the point of this life? Yeah. When there was so much going wrong, you know, and again, at 13, you, you kind of are a victim because there's a lot of things outside of your own control. Right. Um, but then later, yeah, being like, okay, I, I've created this. And, and that was a lot of that, that awareness in that rock bottom moment too was like, wow, this is mm-hmm. not my life. And I was only 35. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You know, what you just said about creating it, I think is so important. So you and I have, have both had trauma. I've been diagnosed with PTSD as well. And I remember the first time that somebody said, you know, it was some, some, somebody on social media was talking about, well, you are where you are because of the choices that you made. And it was just so like, Oh, like that just, that hit me so hard deep in my soul. And it made me angry because I thought, you don't even know how hard I've had to fight just to get out of bed. And you're saying that I'm not performing because of something I've created. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's going to resonate with a lot of people that are listening. So unpack what that really meant in your life so that they get that better picture of, of the self-sabotaging. Because obviously you're not responsible for the abuse and the horrible things that happened to you, but that self-sabotaging piece that we live with. It was, it was my choice to handle my emotions in the unhealthy ways that I knew how to continue engaging in those cycles and patterns. I was overweight because I chose to numb out with food and with alcohol. I, my marriage was falling apart because I was checked out of the marriage. I was avoiding my emotions. I was avoiding connecting with him because again, I'm so afraid of rejection. So let me reject you first. Mm. Um, You know, the, the, you know, of course the issues with my health as well, you know, those were all the result of those choices. You know, no, I didn't choose to experience instability or trauma growing up, but I was the one saying the things to myself in my head. Mm-hmm. I have control over my self-talk. Mm. And what's interesting is when we're in that place of feeling so out of control, and that was my thing with my control issues. I was so out of control inside my thoughts and my emotions. I was trapped. I was such a victim to my thoughts and my feelings. And so I would lash out and try to control things. And my poor husband was one, you know, like, nope, that's not how you do the dishes. Um, tell me that one. Like, if you, no, if you're loading the dishwasher, you got to do it this way. You know, what's so interesting about that though, is because I've been right in that exact same place. You don't know any different way of being until something switches in your brain where you go, oh, there, maybe, maybe there's a better way or, or maybe could I be wrong? No, no way. Could I be wrong? Then there's that argument. Oh yeah. And, and what it was, was eventually just that culmination of constantly giving my power away mm-hmm. where it just finally hits. And I mean, it sucks that so many people have to wait until their quote unquote rock bottom moment before mm-hmm. they're willing to do something different. I mean, I've seen this when back when I was doing more just life coaching, Um, But as I shifted into business as well, I have seen people who followed me for months or years until they got to the point where, wow, if I don't do something now, I'm done in my business. Yeah. It's done. You know what I mean? It's like that rock bottom moment in your business. Like, don't wait that long to start making changes. Mm -hmm. You know, the results are always worth it. But, you know, there is courage it takes courage to lean into 
you. Oh yeah. That's where you're going. You know, we're so busy looking at everything outside of ourselves, right? What we want to create, what we want to bring in, you know, looking at our partners or our kids or all this outside stuff. And it's such a beautiful statement. Great distraction from being with yourself. I mean, we avoid that more than anything, being real with ourselves, being honest with ourselves. How can we be authentic in our lives and especially our businesses, you know, since that's the way, I mean, that's how you and I got connected with that authenticity training. Mm -hmm. Be authentic in your business. If you don't know who you are and you're not willing to give yourself the respect and the space to say, wow, okay, here I am. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Take ownership. I love what you said about respect and space. Mm-hmm. That's a whole nother layer of it is that we don't respect ourselves the way that we respect other people that are around us. We see other people achieving the things that we want to achieve and we'll, we'll just hold them to just such a higher place than what we would even consider giving ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's good. And it's such a shame because it really is a reflection of that relationship you have with yourself. And at the same time, it's doing everyone in your life that you care about a disservice because you can only love and respect them as far as you will yourself. And you can only allow as much love and respect from others as you'll allow for yourself. You know, so we think, oh, okay, let me not have the boundaries you know, and do for me, but I'm going to take care of everybody else because that's how we're taught. You know, so many people are taught that not and not having boundaries and, but they never nurture that relationship with themselves. And I mean, the place that I'm at with my husband now, we've been married 16 years and we're in a place in our relationship that honestly, I didn't even know was possible. Just because of being willing to lean into the darkness and take the ownership and make the changes and come out the other side. And both people don't have to do the work. Like it's leading by example and it's really rubbed off on him a lot. And he's done some stuff and known his path is he's on his journey. Mm hmm. If we had him on here, I wonder what he would say has been his experience of walking through this with you and just observing how far you've come and your healing process. And, you know, I always wonder, did he lay awake at night praying like, oh God, please fix this. Please fix this. I love her, but she's a little bit of a mess over here. Oh yeah, pretty much. Yeah. He was like, it's, it's funny. And he's the, the big interview that I'm, I'm still working on nurturing to do on my page is to interview him because it's the perspective of the partner. You know, so many people, since I work with female entrepreneurs, you know, those who are married or in a long-term relationship, you know, they leaning into, well, I'm making changes. They're not changing. There's friction, there's issues. You know, we had all that, you know, there was, it triggered all of his stuff because now he's a fearing rejection and he had his own boundary issues and mm-hmm. we came together out of dysfunction, mm-hmm. but beneath the dysfunction of both of our respective childhood traumas, both of our layers of boundary issues and poor coping and the fact that misery loves company and we both numbed out in the same ways. 
we had that deep soul connection Mm -hmm. and that's what has guided us through and got us to the other side of all of it. Like we had that deep spiritual soul connection that like I felt before I even talked to him, Mm -hmm. like it was funny. Like it was like, Ooh, who's that? You know? And we had this, this pull that's like, wow. And so, yeah, that has really helped immensely. And he's had a really rough time and I'm no, uh, you know, uh, like I can be a queen, but then, you know, I can be a complete disaster too. And, you know, I own that now, but I know that's been really hard for him uh, along this journey. So (laughs) I just love your authenticity. Like to say I can be a queen and I can be a complete disaster. Seriously, girl. (laughs) I mean, even, even how I thanked him with the book, like just writing the book and he experienced every sabotage cycle with me when I'm like, ah, (laughs) you know, and numbing out and checking out and avoiding. and And I'm like, get, pissy and snippy at him. And he's like, Whoa, what's your problem? (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. All right. So closing thoughts, what advice would you give to your 20 year old self? Oh my goodness. Yes. The big one. The big one is everything is always working out for you. Everything is exactly as it needs to be. And Stop worrying so much about stuff that is outside of your control. Focus on you. That's so good. I love it. <laughs> Thank you so much, Stacy Rasky. Everything is linked below in the show notes. And Stacy, there's an open mic for you anytime you want to come back. Thank you so much. It's been such an honor and a blast. And I love getting real with really amazing, authentic people like you. So thank you for creating such a wonderful, safe space um, to give us all permission to feel and to connect and be real about our stories and, um, you know, allowing success from that really authentic place. Thank you so much. Wow. Was that good or was that good? I'd really love to hear from you and hear what your takeaway was from what Stacy shared. And would you do me a favor? Would you hop over to iTunes and leave a review? I'd really appreciate it. Once again, friends, thank you so much for being here. And until next time, I wish you every good thing.